Welcome to C-Suite Radio. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you know and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, you feel good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Brett Allen here. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Today, we're chatting with the wonderfully talented Grace Patterson about her brand new film releasing July 18th, just about a month away, give or take a few days here and there. The title of the film is What's My Name Again? And it's a film that's based on real life events. And it's a great story about family legacy, a coming of age story that takes place in the 80s. And there's just a lot of fun and nostalgia to the film. Thank you for your time. It's a pleasure to meet you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Well, this is a great film. I've had the opportunity to watch bits and pieces of it. And of course, the trailer, which we'll link that into our show notes as well. But this is a lot of fun, it seems, because you have a very what could be perceived as a precarious situation uh, about a young man who has a very different relationship with his mom than most might and this really struggled to identify with who his father is which i think everybody could probably relate to that on some sort of level so let's talk about your character and how they drive the story along yeah i play sandy in what's my name again and it was a really fun role for me because um my history like i've done a lot of lifetime thriller horror movies so this was kind of the i mean i know it's a dramedy but my first time that I kind of got to be silly because in real life I am very silly. So I kind of just got to like have fun and Sandy's in love with the main character, Bo. And she's like doing anything she can to get his attention, like dating his best friend, but like very much in love with Bo. And I was like, it was just fun. Cause I think as a girl, like I can relate, like I've done silly things to like get a boy's attention before. So I was like, yeah, it was just kind of fun to have the freedom to like be silly and, you know, what would I do to get this guy's attention? Right. And I think part of that drive is you are interested in him, but also he's got all this other stuff that he's dealing with as well. So when it comes to playing a character like this, because you have done a lot of other great projects, the lifetime, the thriller, the horror, 
you know, the burning bed type of stories where it's like right. you have this person that is out to seek revenge in some sort of way. Yes. Or revenge is being sought upon. And now you're playing a protagonist that's in a way wants to be vindicated, but also is doing lots of other things. So when you get a script like this and you look at it, what is your way into it? Because you mentioned, obviously, you've got some real life experience and ways of trying to attract somebody into your life. But I don't know necessarily having such a large looming cloud over their head as well of yeah. a young man who's trying to somehow work this relationship out with mom, but also wants to know who his father is. It's right. just a very precarious situation, but it seems from what I've seen, you know, really heartfelt as well. It is very heartfelt. And he actually has a whole nother girlfriend in the film as well. So there's kind of that too, where it's like the jealousy and almost this competition because he's not interested in her and Sandy at all. She's just basically friend zoned, you know? And right. I think it's, you know, there's a lot of pain underneath that. Like it's, even though it is layered with the comedy, there is like pain, like of not being chosen and not being, you know, the one that he wants to be with. Yeah. So. And I think that's what makes the film fun too, is there's that layer of it as well. And it yeah. takes place in the eighties. I mean, you can't beat that. Um, Was that a fun, fun opportunity to delve into that time period and just. Yeah. The costumes world. were so fun and like bright and like purple. And, you know, I, I had a blast with the costumes. I've never done anything based on the eighties before. So it was about like the big hair, like teased. It was, it was so much fun to be able to dress for that era. Right. And to also be in an era where there wasn't cell phones or computers or internet or social media or anything <laughs> like that. I mean, if there was, I think things would probably be perceived in a much different kind of way right. and attention could be got otherwise or it would be a very boring film because he could just go on the internet and search and find out <laughs> who his father was in a matter of minutes. Was right. there anything about the eighties that you learned that you enjoyed that you didn't know about or weren't self-aware about, or um, obviously I think, you did your research, I'm sure. But I, yeah. I think when you play these, having grown up in the eighties and lived it and been a part of it, it's fun for me to watch other storytellers and films take a look at it because it's it was just a very different time that in the 90s for sure right um i think because my mom grew up in the 80s and she okay. always told me like it, she told me this one story that she had hairsprayed her hair so big that she was backing up from the driveway to go to high school and she hit a car behind her because she didn't want to move her head and mess up her big hairspray <laughs> hair and she like she just told her dad like i'm sorry i could not mess up my hair i had the hairspray like a gallon of hairspray in there and so i was i never understood that story and then like once i had the big hair i was like i could see how i didn't want to turn around and like mess up my hair <laughs> so i was like i understand what she's saying like just you know the styles and like how like it looks ridiculous now that when i was wearing it i was like i feel so ridiculous but that was the style back then. So it's just funny how a trend can start and then just like take off and everybody's doing it. And yeah. no one's really stopping to think like, does this look good? And like the blue eyeshadow, right. like I'm like, mom, why did you think that was like cool? And she's like, everybody did it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Again, having no social media or beauty influencers at the time, like we would know today, right. obviously things just were a little bit buck wild as far as fashion is concerned and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, for all practical purposes, COVID, I mean, it exists still in some ways, but from what I understand, there are still a lot of, or some precautions on how you film things, but you film this one 
pretty much in the heart of COVID in the pandemic. Yeah. So how was that experience for you? Um, you, you just have to be like really careful. Like we COVID test, we did the mask, the shields, like, yeah, it's, you just have to be, I was lucky enough to film like a lot during COVID, but it did look a lot different than it did mm. before COVID just with safety measures. Um, it's just, you know, usually on set, you want to like grab everybody and hug everybody and get all close. And it's just during that, you have to be a little more, you know, keep your space, which kind of sucks, but yeah, well, we're moving forward. And I think yeah. With everything else going on, I think we're getting there. You've done a lot of great projects, again, very genre specific, but where did that journey begin for you as a storyteller, as an actor? Like, what was the interest for you? Yeah, um, I grew up on a farm in Texas and okay. there was not a lot to do. Um, we just have like cows and like llamas and stuff. And so when I was nine, I had asked for a camera and I started writing short films with my cousin and I'm the oldest of four. She's uh, one in four as well. So we kind of got all our siblings and had a little film crew. And that was basically my entire childhood is like filming and writing short films, having premieres for my family. And I always wanted to move to California and pursue this. And so, um, but everybody was like, no, no, like, don't go do that. Like, it's really a hard industry. Um, but I finally made the move and I had pursued it like small in Dallas, like indie okay. films, like, um, so I had some connections and I was a professional cheerleader for the Dallas stars in Texas. So that kind of helped me when I moved out to LA is they, I got involved in the cheerleader lifetime movies. So they asked me to choreograph the dances and I was like, I'll do it if you give me a role. And so then I died in the first two movies, but I also did the cheer choreography and then that kind of like got me started because I've I don't know if you looked at my interview, it's like killer cheerleader, who's killing the cheerleaders? Like yeah, I mean, but they're all great like, things because these... you're working out. <laughs> you played a lot of cheerleaders, but that's okay because yeah. if it brings work, it brings work, right? Totally. And they're a blast too. So that's kind of like how I got my foot in the door. And then from dying to when I got my first lead role where I didn't die, I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't die. <laughs> this is so exciting. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it got going. And then from there, it's just, you know, building your credits, building your credentials within the industry. I love it. And it should be mentioned that it recently premiered at the IFS film festival in Los yes. Angeles and won an award for best drama. So that's big yes. too, because it puts eyes on your film that might not normally see it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be on the streaming services and available on Voodoo, Amazon, um, on cable. So I'm excited for people to see this. Absolutely. Best advice that you've ever been given as a storyteller that has sustained you, kept you motivated, yeah. or maybe maybe not film or television related, but just anything as a creative that keeps yeah. the juices flowing for you and keeps your eye on the prize of yeah. just wanting to have a healthy and successful career as an actor. Yeah, I love that question. Uh, for me, um it's just always get back up. Like this industry, you get pushed down so many times and it can feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm, it's not working out for me. Like this, is this ever going to happen? And, you know, being a winner is not about how many times you win. It's about how many times you lose and continue to move forward through that losing. Like, what are you going to say to yourself after you've gotten, you know, a million rejections and you have, you know, no validation that you're supposed to be doing this. Like, how are you speaking to yourself in that moment? Are you telling yourself like, they're right. I can't do this. You know, it's never going to happen. Or are you looking yourself in the mirror and saying, like, I'm going to keep going. Like, I, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. I feel it in my gut. 
And despite all the rejections, like I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to keep on moving forward. And I think it comes down to that moment because a lot of people quit in that moment. Even if you get a little bit of success, all of a sudden it's like more rejection. But it's to me, it's really important how you speak to yourself in those moments of weakness, how you're going to motivate yourself because no one else is going to come in and tell you to keep going. Like you have to have that fighter within you to get back up. So that's what it is. That's what I tell myself. Like, you know, it's not about how many times I win. It's about how many times I lose and keep going. Absolutely. Especially in a business that's so competitive. One last question. Now that you've experienced what most people or especially myself and others would view as success, family is in full support and they love watching you on screen. Do they give you notes? Do they have a lot of things to say about how you've died as a cheerleader or just the different various roles that you've played? Uh, my family is really, really supportive. They have watch parties for all my movies. Yeah, they tell yes. me how they feel, though. They'll be like, that That was not, you did not do good in that, or that was not your right role. Um, my youngest brother is uh, actually special needs, and he's, like, very picky about the movies that he watches. Like, he really only will watch, like, Forrest Gump. Uh, every other movie, he'll leave. And every single one of my movies, he'll start watching it and then leave. Like he will never finish it. an entire movie. So it's on my bucket list to do a movie that he will like sit through and watch totally. And I'm like, I think the day that he'll watch an entire movie straight, I'll know that like I made it <laughs> or like I finally done like something like, you know, worth his. He's my biggest critic. And so that's kind of what I keep striving for is for him to finish an entire one of my films. And it probably keeps you humble too on many levels. Oh yeah. I'm like, you're leaving seriously. Man? I love it. That is a great story to end with. The film is what's my name again, set to release on all streamers, July 18th. It also stars Ryan Wynn, Nick Schultz, Taya, Michael Blaney. And of course the wonderfully talented, as we mentioned, Grace Patterson, be sure to check out this and all the other work that she's done. Congratulations, and thanks for hanging out today with us. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Absolutely, absolutely. Likewise. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care. <laughs>